0: I really, re- it all <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, I love it. But I'm gonna be preparing my my stuff for next week. So, um, so if that's okay with you guys, I'm, uh, it'll be nice. It'll be like absence make the heart grow fonder. Anyway.
1: Yes, and I've told her to take the week off. So that, that <laughs> best intro. Yes, we might need to do a teaching on how to do an introduction. An introduction is supposed to say, oh, this is why you should listen to this person. Taking my shirt off with my eagle tattoo, <laughs> threatening the neighbors. <laughs> Not necessarily the way. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yes. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eagle tattoo. My eagle tattoo. Yeah. Good, good. Actually, last last year, uh, let's—I don't know. I think Sam did the introduction, and I think you did a pretty good introduction of Derek Shanoff. Um, and uh, and then he gave a he gave a like half an hour teaching on how to do an introduction and the importance of introduction. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And this year we're making sure we give good introductions because he had a good point. He said, he, "What you're doing when you do an introduction is you are saying." These are the reasons why you should listen to this person, you know this is this is uh, why this person has credibility to stand in front of you and speak, and you should be listening, you know so <laughs> yes, and a lot of and a lot of that is because you know me and david are friends i'm not I'm not only his leader, I'm his friend, you know, and so that's that was part of his introduction as well, you know yeah. Uh so I am super stoked to be with you guys this week. Um I'm really excited because I've been I've been really busy this quarter so I haven't really been able to like spend as much time in class as I as I wanted to. Uh like last week I was preparing um I'm teaching in SOW and then I'm leaving uh with JJ. JJ's coming with me. Um and a, a band and we're flying to Honolulu and we're doing a a church service there. Like Samantha said, God's opened up the doors for me to um, minister in churches around the state, especially in Hawaii. Um, um, God's just I don't know, un, just really giving me influence in the churches here in in Hawaii, which is awesome. So we're going uh, to one of my favorite churches, a church called Inspire Church, um, in in Honolulu, and they got about five thousand members, and it's going to be tiring. We're going to do. <laughs> It's four, no one service Saturday evening and then four services Sunday morning, just back to back to back to back. So we'll be, it'll be fun. And then I'm flying on to Kauai and teaching in a DTS on the Holy Spirit, which is going to be really fun. Um, I love Kauai. If you guys have an opportunity to go to Kauai, you, you have to go to Kauai. It's like my favorite island to visit. Like I love the big island because of its diversity. Big Island is amazing because you can go see a volcano and then go snorkeling in the most amazing blue water you've ever seen and then go drive up Mauna Kea and go snowboarding and then go surfing and then go see a waterfall and then go walk on the lava. It's, like, very diverse, you know, so I love the Big Island. But Kauai it is, like, the best beaches in all of Hawaii, best waterfall. Like, when you picture Hawaii when you were back home, those are all pictures of Kauai, so. And the community there is, like, amazing. Everybody knows each other, and it's wonderful. That's where uh, David Brimer is right now, recording an album uh, with uh, some of our really good friends. But I'm really excited to be, be here. Um, yeah. So this week's topic is worship and leadership and team dynamics so you can write on your notes. Leadership and team dynamics. Um, How much of my testimony did I get through in that first? I think I spoke one day in the beginning, right? I talked about my DTS, first leading worship. Did I do that? Maybe, yeah. Did I talk about how me and Esther met? Yeah? Punching in the face? Yeah? Okay. Everybody remembers that story. Oh, oh, we're going. We're going there. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to put together how much of my testimony I told you. I don't want to double, double up. Um, I think one thing I wanted to share when it comes to leadership is, um, which is going to be our topic, is that if you're in this class, you need to see yourself as a leader. Um, one, of the, one of the criteria that the Lord spoke to me um, when I first pioneered the school four years ago um, was was that the the students who come to the school need to have leadership potential? So in their applications, if you had written in your application uh, something to the effect of like, you know, I just love worship and I just want to be in the prayer room all day and I just I need healing, then I probably would have said, no, this school's not probably not right for you. We're looking for leadership potential. I, I want to raise up worship leaders. I want to raise up people who want to, who are serious about proclaiming the glory of God in the nations, you know. And so I take this class really seriously, and I, I really believe in the giftings and callings of every individual in this room. And, and my job as a leader is to pull that out of you and to call you to higher levels and to call you into your destiny and to speak life over you and speak hope over you that God has, God has leadership in your future, but all of that leadership looks differently. Leadership doesn't always mean that you're standing on a stage, you know, and organizing and commanding a thousand people. Leadership has many different faces to it, and we're going to be talking a lot about that. But if you're in this class, I really want to encourage you that you are a leader, okay? And we're going to get into there. I think we have some misunderstandings of leadership. Um, I know I did. When I first started stepping into leadership and God was calling me into leadership, I, I thought leadership leadership equaled management, you know, and management just stressed me out because, like, I'm, I'm not only not good with details, I don't even see any details, like I, I just, I walk into a room and my wife, who sees all the details, she sees every dish that's out of place and every spoon that's on the counter and every little bit of hair that oh my gosh we need to pick that up and, like I don't see anything. It's, it's not that I, <laughs> it's not that I'm not good with them. I just don't see them, so I need I need people like Hyo who's amazing with details. And one of the greatest things about um, what I've learned about leadership is staff your weaknesses. So, like, I am dead without Hyo, you know. And JJ's really good with details as well. Um, And then we have amazing artists like Amanda. (laughs) I don't think you're so good with details like me. No, but you're, like, in the clouds, which is really good. I love the clouds, so stay in the clouds, Amanda. But but we, but we need, we need all the giftings, is what I'm trying to say. And what I thought in my early stages of leadership is that I had to embody everybody. I had to embody the Andy Bird who's amazing at mobilizing thousands of people. Okay, and has he can without any practice, he just jumps on the stage and it's like na na, na, na and like, I'll follow you anywhere, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> it's just a, ah yes, I will. You, that that's like an Andy Bird anointing, you know. Um, you got a, you got a Matt Whitlock who hasn't. You guys maybe know Matt Whitlock. He's really good with details and strategies and how to strategize companies and businesses and and um, you know he, he you know and I, I used to thought I have to be the um, I have to be the Andy Bird and the Matt Whitlock and the Lauren Cunningham and the David Hamilton and the Jim and Judy Orid and the Danny Lehman all wrapped up in one. And I had all this pressure. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I just wanted to fail and crawl in a hole and die. <laughs> um, and what I realized is, no, God, we are the body of Christ, and we need each other. And one of the greatest things about leadership is that... Um, is pulling teams together that you don't have to do everything. I think a lot of times we hear the word leadership, maybe those of us who are n- not naturally gifted in leadership, and we, we get scared of it because it's like, oh my gosh, all that responsibility, all that pressure, I can't handle it, you know? Well, the good thing is you don't need to, and I'm going to be sharing um, a little bit more of a holistic approach to leadership, how we can all lead and we can lead in our own styles, we can lead in our own personalities, we can lead in our own giftings, in our own callings, and God calls it wonderful, okay? So um, one of my giftings is actually, um, there's a couple different types of leadership. Uh, I want you to think of Americans, we, we have Thanksgiving, so Thanksgiving in America is this big, big event, right? It's like huge, And there's two different types of moms in Thanksgiving, okay? You have the mom in some families who cooks the turkey, who cooks or who organizes and cooks the pies and cooks the, what else do we have on Thanksgiving? Mashed potatoes and stuffing and collard collard greens, yes. (laughs) Uh, Cranberry sauce. Okay. Tortilla. Tortilla. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Enchilada, uh, <laughs> chimichanga. Um, so you have the mom who cooks it all, right? Who whose mom was kind of like that? She she made everything, okay. And then and then and then you, it's like don't touch mama's cooking and don't say anything about mama's cooking or you will get slapped, you know. <laughs> Like, you say this is the best turkey you've ever had in your whole life, or you leave, you know? Okay, so you have, you have that kind of Thanksgiving. Uh, this is a metaphor for leadership, okay? Bear with me. Okay? You have the mom. She, she It's her table. It's her house. It's her turkey. It's her stuffing, okay? And you sit at her table, and you eat from her food, okay? And that food is going to be awesome, and the good thing about that leadership style is that, you know, it creates a really good, um, like, everybody knows their place, okay? Nobody's, nobody's stressed out about anything. They just, I know I'm eating mama's turkey, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to like it, even if I don't, but I'm going to like it, okay? There's not a lot of pressure in, with that type of leadership for the followers, You just, all you got to do as a follower is just sit down and eat, okay? And laugh and tell mom that it's the best turkey ever, okay? And then there's another style of leadership. Um, In in the islands, uh, when you have a party, uh, potluck style, do you know what potluck style is? That's that's the kind of style where um, when you have a party, everybody brings a dish, okay? So in Hawaii, if you're invited to go to somebody's house for dinner... Just make sure you bring something, even if they tell you no, don't bring anything. Y- you should bring something. Okay, so if I ever invite you up to my house for dinner, <laughs> and and then my wife says no, oh, don't bring anything. You you better bring something. Okay, that's just Hawaiian style. It's culture and okay. It's it's uh, JJ. Same in Tahiti, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. island styles. Um, Mexico's kind of the same way. You, you go you want it, you kind of expect it to bring something if you know if you come over to the house. Um America not so much. I think our style is sometimes depends on the family, you know. In the south, in the south is very much like uh potluck style, you know, you bring you bring something to the table. My um that's another style of leadership. Style of leadership is you go to the person's house; they provide the table, but everybody else provides the meal. Okay, so that's that's more my style of leadership is more of a potluck kind of leader. So, this is you know, uh, you know, this is Sam's school of worship, you know, but I'm overseeing the prog- program. So, Sam creates a table, and and what we've shared with our staff is. This school will not run unless each staff brings their dish to the table, which is their giftings and their callings and their individual anointings and giftings, okay? So um, not one leadership is better better than one another. In certain contexts, certain styles of leadership are better, you know? Um, but... But you just got to know who you are, you know. And this has everything to do with the band context, okay. Sometimes, sometimes you have um, a band leader, you're a worship leader, and maybe you hear all the parts in your head. And you want the bass player to play that part. And you want the drummer to play that part, you know. That's more of the mom cooking the turkey and then just telling everybody what they should be doing. You have to be gentle in how you approach that, <laughs> but that's one style of leadership. And then there's another style in a band context is um, more potluck style where, hey, I trust that you're an amazing bass player and I just trust you're going you're gonna to play something that's going to work really good, okay? And um, not one style is different than one another, but I'm just, I want to awaken you that there are multiple different styles of leadership. Um, so my story, I'm going to, I'm setting a context right now. So my story in leadership is, uh, I was like super shy when I was a kid, okay? A lot of people tell me they, recently a lot of people have said, well, I thought you were an extrovert, like a severe extrovert. I'm like, no, I'm a major introvert. I love my alone time. I love to go to my house and like shut the door and just be alone. I could be alone all day. I, I love, I love myself. <laughs> no. Um, I, <laughs> I have, ex, I have, I have learned extroverted tendencies being on a stage and being in front of people and leading events and stuff, but Deep down, I'm a real introvert, which means that I, I get my energy from being alone. Wh- who gets their energy from being alone? Okay. Who gets their energy by being around parties and being around people? Some pe- okay. Sam is a major extrovert. She, sh- the more she's around you guys, the more happy she is. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is just like, you. She whenever she's around people, she just ex- explodes with excitement. Um, I'm not that way. Sam loves meetings. I hate meetings. Um, but I love people, so uh, I was the kid who like hid behind my mom's knee, meeting new people. I was like super shy, really quiet. My mom has this story about me when I was in um, when I was in uh, preschool, and she said she found me <laughs> she found me in preschool one day, and there was this big kid sitting on top of my head, and and I and I was playing with a car as he was sitting on my head. And <laughs> and she's like, oh, he's gonna learn. He's gonna need to learn to, you know, not take, not be so laid back. Cause basically, I w- the kid was sitting on my head, and I was just perfectly happy. Just <laughs> whatever. Oh, you're on my head. Okay, whatever you want to do, and I'll just play with my car. You know, I was super laid back, super passive, like, yeah. So, <laughs> um. And uh, I used to be called shy my whole life. Like my mom would say, "Oh, he's so shy," you know. And anybody has that ever been spoken over any any of you? Like, "Oh, she's so shy," you know. He's so shy, you know. I, I think I just want to even just before we uh, keep going, I just want to break the lie. God doesn't make shy people, okay? He just doesn't make shy people. And if you've believed that lie, if that's been spoken over you, that you're shy. See, shy is based in, like, insecurity. Like, you can be quiet. I think God makes more quiet people, more loud people. But shy is based in insecurity of, like, I don't want them to truly know who I am, so I'm going to be quiet, and I'm going to hide behind my mom because I like the security of being behind my mom. That's not, I think, I don't think God makes shy people. I think he makes quiet people and loud people, but he doesn't make shy people. And so if that's ever been spoken over you, I just I just want to just speak the truth out. He doesn't make shy people. I believed that lie for so many years, and it hindered me from really stepping out in my destiny and, and who God had well, and the plans that God had for me. Um, and uh, another part of my story I didn't share was that lent to the shyness and is a miracle of how I'm standing in front of you right now is I was I was born with really severe dyslexia, which is a learning disability. Um, Do you guys know what dyslexia is? Dyslexia is, um, it's a disorder from what you see and how it translates into, into your brain, okay? So... Uh, a lot of times, it's characterized by seeing letters backwards and stuff. That's, that's what most of us understand dyslexia as, is, oh, he's the kid who sees stuff backwards. But it's, it's a lot deeper than that. It's, it's really a hindrance from the visual to the, to the back of the brain where information is processed. So I didn't learn how to read until I was about fourth or fifth grade. And even fourth or fifth grade, my reading level was like, the dog n. <laughs> You know, and I would my brain would work so hard at sounding out the letters that then my reading comprehension was like nothing. I would read a full paragraph out loud and my brain was working so hard at putting the letters in the right space that then I had no idea what I just read. So I would just read the same paragraph over and over like 20 times and I d- had no idea. It was a really hard way to grow up. I, I believed I was stupid my whole life. Um, I was told I was stupid I had one teacher in class tell me I was stupid which was stupid. <laughs> I've totally forgiven her. <laughs> um and uh no it was one time she was I, I it's amazing how memories when you're younger can kind of stick with you especially when they're kind of bad memories. I I was in class it was 6th grade and uh uh her name was Miss Matsumoto, and uh, miss matsumoto and and I remember we were reading we were taking turns reading out loud in the class, and I was like, for a dyslexic, reading out loud is like the most horrible thing in the whole world. like you'd rather die than read out loud it's, it's terrifying, and so they're going around, and i 'm just 'm mortified it's coming to me, it's coming to me, you know, I have to read out loud. And it finally comes to me, and the sentence was like, "I love the onion" or something. I don't know, but I remember the word was onion. And and i <laughs> I read and and I would, I said onion, and then she says, "Daniel, what is that word?" And I'm like, "Onion." <laughs> she's like, she's like, "No, read it again, sound it out." Onion. <laughs> and, and uh. And then she's like, sound it out again, slowly. A-ney-on. And then by this time, I'm starting to get really nervous. And I'm like, oh, please, just, just let me go. I, I'm not going to get it right. You know, and she's like, sound it out, Daniel. And so I just did it over and over and over. And she made like a scene in the class of me not being able to sound out A-ney-on. And then finally, she just snapped. And, sh- and she thought I was messing around. She thought, because the whole class was giggling now. you know, And she thought I was doing it for attention but I really couldn't read the word onion. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and she's like, stop being stupid. No, stop playing, uh, stop acting stupid, Daniel. Just read the word. I was like, I don't know what the word is. And then she kind of saw me crying, and she's like, oh, shoot, you know. And, um, but that, that memory marked me for, like, years where I really thought I was stupid. I really thought, like, God made me stupid. God made me this way. I'm never going to do anything. And that kind of marked my childhood growing up into, like, high school. Um, Part of my testimony is I got into drug use, um, started dealing dope um, as well in my, um, like, teenage years, like 15 to, like, 17 years old in high school. Really walked away from the Lord, got arrested a few times for shoplifting and doing stupid stuff and uh, a lot of that came from like little comments of like stop acting stupid daniel and just read the word and a lot of my drug use i remember i would i was i would think this as i'm doing drugs i'm already stupid it wouldn't hurt if i was even more stupid <laughs> cuz i knew drugs were really bad for me but i just thought well i'm dumb anyways i might as well you know and um and so I, I, actually, I, I flunked out of high school in my junior year. I got kicked out because um, my GPA was um, was a uh, was a one point seven GPA, which is like failing. And then they found marijuana in my my locker, and so then they said we're gonna we're gonna let you go because of your grades, just so you can have a. So you can go to this other school and not have to go to, you know, juvenile detention because of the marijuana we found. And so they were nice to me. But that, that really shook me up, getting kicked out of high school. I was like, oh, my gosh. So then I went to this other high school called Lutheran High, which is where all the kids who got kicked out of other schools went to this one <laughs> school. <laughs> um, coupled with that, during that same, same year, I got hit in the head with a surfboard. And, um, and I had amnesia for three months. It actually crushed my skull, crushed my skull. And um, uh, I was knocked out in the water. One of my uh, friends, who's actually the base leader in the or- for, for the Salem, Oregon base, uh, Amos Hathaway, he saved my life, pulled me up on the surfboard, dragged, dragged me in. And then um, apparently, I, d- I don't remember anything, but I drove home, drove home. My parents said I was acting weird, so they took me to the hospital and then uh they did a cat scan of my brain saw my my skull was crushed from the surfboard that that hit me and then i had amnesia for 3 months and uh um thank you thank you actually i need that um, had amnesia for 3 months and um i remember i had this sorry i'm telling you all depressing stories but it's to paint it's to it's for a reason. Part of my story is that if God can, if God can change my life, he can change anybody's. So um, I, where was I? Um, amnesia. Oh, I remember I was this one time, I had this one moment in the three months flashing. I had this one moment where I have one memory within the three months and it's me, my, my short-term memory was all gone from this this accident. So I remember I was walk from the kitchen and then I'd walk into the living room and then I'd I'd realize, why did I walk into the living room? So then I'd walk back into the kitchen, and then <laughs> I thought to myself, why did I walk into the kitchen? <laughs> I walked into the living room. And I did this like ten or twelve times. And then I and then you have a self-realization of, like, oh, my gosh, this is not normal. Like, <laughs> like I just walked back and forth, like, 12 times not knowing why I went, you know, and I had this moment of, like, self-realization, like, this is not good. Like, because I don't have any memories from anything else, and I remember I just stood in my living room, I was just crying. Oh, I don't know why I'm here, why am I here, you know, And then my mom came in and she gave me a hug and I love you, honey. And we sat on the couch and I just cried. (laughs) And I'm like this big teenager. I'm like, you know, I'm taller than my mom. My mom's real short. She's like five foot four, you know. And um, sorry, not short. She's not short. She's shorter than me. (laughs) Um, And and, uh, uh, so, anyways. Teenage years was really rough for me because um, I had these identity issues of, like, I'm I'm dumb. I I just got hit in the head. I have amnesia. I'm really dumb. I blew my brain down on drugs, so I'm, like, really extra dumb. And, uh, <laughs> and this was, like, who I was. This is who I believed I was. Okay? Have you guys ever gone through a season where you really believed you were somebody that you were not? Some of you might be walking... Some of you might be walking in that right now. There might be some things about yourself that you really believe that has been spoken over you for years and years and years. And you're walking in, like, my story, it just sounds absurd. How could he be walking in that identity, you know? It's like, that's crazy. But some of you might be walking, you know, chances are some of, some of you are walking in, in an identity that's not truly who God made you to be, you know? We're going to talk a little bit about identity and leadership as well later on in the week. Um, but um, my, my accident actually was a, a huge source of my healing. Uh, when I got hit in the head, um, this was right during my finals. It was like I was a senior in high school and I was I had to pass one test, and then I could graduate high school, and I'd, like, barely graduate high school, you know, because of how I'd failed all my other grades. And and so my parents were really forcing me to study, to, to f- pass this test. So I I really think the Lord, when, when he knocked me, and then I was studying for these tests, it really created an opportunity for my brain to, like, Regroove itself, to reorganize itself, and I and I know that my dyslexia was like cut in half after that accident. It was amazing. Like I could not. I mean, it's 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 really amazing. Like I'm. I've thought about writing a book on some of the things that God has shown me over the years about worship. That would never have been a thought, you know, in my brain. Re- typing out notes, you know, and teaching in class would have never been anything on my on my brain at all. So when I entered my DTS, that was who I was. So the context of my story in leadership is that that person I just told you about, that was the person who entered his DTS. That was the person, and I told you guys the story, that was the person who was playing his guitar um, in the hallway you know, we can empty that. Uh, That that was the person that was playing his guitar in the hallway when the staff person came up to me and said, hey, can you lead worship for Tuesday morning? And I think I shared with you that story, right? Yeah, I did. So staff person comes up to me, says, please lead worship. We need you. There's nobody else. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I finally say yes, because she was so pushy. And I lead worship for the first time. My flesh is completely embarrassed, but my spirit is alive. And I I decide that is what God has for me, so when you hear my story, you have to understand that was the person who was nineteen years old doing his DTS, and the person that I am now is closer to who God has made me to be i 'm not there yet there's still there's still things in my life that I 'm working past that are lies I've believed from the enemy, but what i want to what I want to show you is even. In my testimony, and that's, that's why Jesus says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. Because when we share our testimonies, it produces faith in our hearts. Because if you, you would have known me when I was a teenager, and then, like, a lot of my friends from Honolulu, they're like, you're doing what? Like, they're just totally baffled that, like, I get on a stage and lead worship in front of thousands of people. Like, that, that was not, I was like the stoner kid in the corner with the long hair who kind of, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, I was just <laughs> quiet and, like, just kind of creeper. No, I wasn't a creeper. I was a nice kid. I, I, I got along with everybody, actually. And, and uh, but I was quiet. It was like nobody, nobody voted me least likely or uh, most likely to succeed. Or I was, like, the least likely to succeed kid that everybody thought. Because I was the druggy kid who sat in the corner. So, um, I share this with you because a lot of times I've spoken on leadership before, and I I see the look in students' faces, and and they're just glad it's just a sheet of glass over their eyes because they don't believe that they're ever going to be in leadership. They're scared to death about leadership. They don't want to have the responsibility of leadership, and they don't believe that there is any leadership potential in them at all because we've all believed lies, either that the enemy has spoken to, to us or that other people have spoken to us or, or that we've just been walking in passivity for a really long time and we're starting to believe these lies of the enemy. But I tell you this story because I want the glass looks to disappear because as I was praying for this class, like I really believe each and every one of you are here Because God wants to call you to a higher level. God wants to call you to a deeper relationship with him that will lead you to a greater influence for his glory in the nations, okay? So I take that really seriously because I know in my story, it's been a a complete miracle of the Lord that I'm standing with a microphone right now, Which, which, by the way, is not some place of glory. It's just a place that God had for me all along and was slowly getting me to a place where I could step into that place Um, so let's stand up real quick and I want to deal with I want to deal with some some lies we believed Um, how many of you have been spoken that you were shy your whole life raise your hand again okay shy 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 A little bit shy you're not shy You've been told it, okay, no. And um, okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Um, I want people to gather around those people with their hands up, raised up, okay? Gather around. People with their hands rais- raised up. Those who don't. Be don't <laughs> p- <laughs> nice, very good, very good, very good, Okay. Great. This is so great. Who's shy? (laughs) Just raise your hand in boldness if you believe that lie. Good. Uh Uh-huh. Great. You don't believe it. That's great. Okay. Awesome. Great. Okay. Good. Good. All right, so we're, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna just um, first, we're gonna take like Korean style, and everybody ra- gathered around these people are gonna speak the true, truly who they are. Okay, so we're gonna wait like ten seconds. We're gonna ask the Lord, "Who is this person?" and 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 you're gonna speak that God has made you to be a woman or a man of boldness because we know through Scripture that with the Holy Spirit comes boldness. Right? Okay, so that's one Scripture that just debunks that nobody's made shy because with the Holy Spirit comes boldness. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of us is a spirit of boldness, not a spirit of obnoxiousness. <laughs> you ever meet like somebody who's so bold that's it's just like irritating? That's not, that's not Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit does give a spirit of boldness, okay? So we're gonna pray and we're gonna shout out that the spirit of boldness would rise up in, in, individuals here. And then, because I think we all need a fresh uh, touch of boldness, then we're going to just lay hands on each other and speak out boldness, okay? So we're going to wait like five seconds. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit, God, give me a picture of who who my friend or person is, and then we're going to shout out Korean-style boldness into our spirits, boldness into our hearts, okay? So we're just going to wait. Like 10 seconds, ask the Holy Spirit. All right. So on the count of three, we're just going to do Korean style. We're going to shout out boldness into our hearts. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. Jesus, we <laughs> So then uh, put your hand on the person next to you, and we're going to do the same thing, and we're going to shout out boldness um, into their spirits, and we're going to proclaim boldness into their spirits, okay? So ready, one, two, three, go. Yes, Jesus, we speak out boldness Oh Jesus. And I just feel this. I just feel the Holy Spirit says, you have permission to be bold. I almost feel like there's been words spoken over maybe even every single one of us in this class. I feel it so strongly that maybe a mom or a parent or somebody said, just shut up, be quiet. And it was almost like early on, there was this feeling of like being bold was actually a bad thing. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit saying, no, I, I have given you a spirit of boldness. I have have not given you a spirit of timidity and I give you permission to be that bold person that I have made you to be. So God, we just say yes. Yes. We say that we'll step into this boldness, God. We say that we'll step into bold, servant-hearted leadership. We will be bold in our servant-heartedness. We will be bold with our love for one another, God. We'll be strong with our love for one another and love for the world, Lord Jesus. We'll be bold and and shout out your glory in the nations, God, because this is who you have created us to be. And this is the spirit that you give each and every one of us. So, God, I pray right now for this class. We would never go back from this day forward. We would never go back because there was always permission to be bold, always permission to speak what is on what is on your heart, God, there's always permission to be fully 100% who you have made us to be. So I speak that out and I call out the individual giftings and callings and anointings of leadership in this class. Thank God that we all don't look the same. Thank God that we all don't talk the same because there is such beauty in the diversity, God. So the Holy Spirit just wants to release you to be fully yourself, to be a leader, to be bold, but to be bold in who God has made you to be. You don't need to be like anybody else. You don't need to be like Sam. You don't need to be like me. You don't need to be like whoever, whoever else. So we just release this class into their callings of leadership right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Awesome. So that's what I wanted to start class with today. I was praying for this class, and the Holy Spirit gave me that picture of students that I've seen with the glassed-over eyes. And I was like, uh-uh. We aren't going to have any glass-over eyes this week, okay? We're all leaders. But you are a leader in your own specific way, in your own calling, in your, an- your own anointing. And God. God will release you into that person, okay? But timidity and shyness is not part of who God is. Okay. Now we're going to move on. I feel, I feel like something broke in the spirit, so I'm happy. All right. Um, awesome. We're going to have fun this week. So I'm going to tell you how this week is going to go. Uh, today and tomorrow, we're going to talk about leadership, like practical leadership. What is leadership? You know, um, and that's today and tomorrow. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to get into, like, practical team dynamics, which is going to be really fun. Like, how do you communicate with a band? How do you simply – how do you do s- – how do you put song choices together? How do you not, – not a lot of music theory, but a lot of leadership in that, you know? Um, one of my giftings is actually to see – Have a, I have a really good intuition of what needs to happen in order for a group of people to go forward, okay? So like, uh, like this morning, uh, I told Sam afterwards, I said, I said Sam, hey, li- little advice. Uh, if you would have done one opening song to start off this morning, then people would have been engaged with you, and then you, you would have had everybody's attention to have them all shout out Psalm 100, You know, as a leader, I was watching the room and there was like 200 people still kind of filing into the Ohana court while she was talking. And it created kind of like this atmosphere where people were kind of listening, but not really. So as a leader, you want to set yourself up to succeed. (laughs) So you think of ways, how can I set myself up to succeed with the word of the Lord that he's given to me? So the word of the Lord to Sam was, I want them all to read Psalm 100 because that's going to break something. okay? and then your leadership gifting comes in and you. And you say, how can I set myself up to succeed in this word of the Lord that he's given me, you know? And so uh, I just gave Sam, Sam some advice. I said, hey, next time, just do one opening song because then it'll gather everybody. And that's the challenge of our community is gathering everybody. Because missionaries are like herding cats because we're all, we're all very individual, you know? That's what makes this place awesome is that we're all individual. Like missionaries have the go inside of them. Missionaries have this like. Do you have that go inside of you? Like, I just got to get out of here. I just want to go to Afghanistan or like when when Dave when uh, David Bremer was talking about Iraq, my heart was just like. So I told Esther, I want to go to Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> my heart was like the, the go inside of me I was like, oh, I want to go to Iraq. But going to Iraq, I need a real word of the Lord because I'm a dad with four kids and. I need to be really wise where I go so um, so yeah um, so that's how this week is going to go first two days practical leadership we're going to do some leadership exercises which is what we're going to do right before the break right now and and then um, and then Wednesday Thursday Friday we're going to get into practical team dynamics I'm going to ask um, some of our staff to help and we're going to show you what a what a bad band sounds like and what a good band sounds like and how to use dynamics in your songs, uh, how to properly y- use your vocals. You know, a lot of lot of one of the first mistakes that powerful vocal um, vocalists use is they sing at a hundred percent the whole time. You know, so it's like they're confident in their voice, so it's like Jesus Say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and that's like the first, that's the first like three seconds of the worship time. And then you got nothing left for like an hour. And then you kind of, and then so the whole hour is,
2: hey, oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: You know? So y- use dynamics on how, how, if you're a powerful vocalist, how to like save it so that, you know, like, y- so that it really. Save it f- you just gotta save it and if you're not a powerful vocalist how to compensate in other wa- areas by using practical leadership with the band and you know anyways so we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun we're gonna a lot of practical things this week this is halfway through the school so you guys need some need some uh practical stuff to keep you guys going to keep going to the next level okay first um I need two volunteers we're gonna do a leadership exercise here that incorporates a bunch of things okay one and two, okay. All right, you guys come, come forward. And uh, do you want to be one or two? One or two? Okay, one. You're two. Okay, awesome. Okay, so what we're going to do is uh, we have our volunteers. Everybody give a hand to our volunteers. Yay, boldness, boldness, Okay. Okay, we're going to do a leadership exercise here that's going it's, to, it's, it's an exercise that's going to teach us about communication as well as um, you're going to kind of see, I don't want to speak too much. I'm not going <coughs> to, point of this exercise is for me to stop talking. Okay, okay, um, so what we're going to do is uh, I need, we need to find a blindfold. Can somebody make a blindfold somehow with a piece of cloth Okay, I'll let you guys, somebody can do that. Oh, right. Somebody who's a leader in the room is going <laughs> to jump on it and find. Now remember, great, perfect. Now remember, this is, this is in the context of leadership, okay? So um, this, the whole class is going to participate, okay? Yeah. So what we're going to do is you guys are going to go um, outside, Okay. And you're going to have the blindfold on, okay? And you guys are going to go outside, and you're going to create a code, your own code language, okay? And, okay? And, um, and you're going to be blindfolded, and you're going to be the leader, okay? Now, your job is to escort her without touching her through a maze that the classroom is going to make for you guys, Okay? Now, the object is you guys are going to go outside. You're going to come in that door, and we're going to have a chair set up right over here, Okay, And the goal is for you guys to get from that edge of the classroom without touching her. So like, potato means right, okay? Um, maybe back up means banana peel or something, I, I'm just making this up, okay? You guys gotta be creative, but what it's gonna do is you, you have to change the language because it, it's gonna create uh, you to really think on how to navigate her through this, okay? Um, if you forget what your code language is, you can talk and you can ask. Okay. I forgot. What is banana peel? Yeah. Okay, you can talk, okay? So the goal of, so you guys can go out right now, create your language, and this is an exercise on communication as well. And what you guys are going to do is you guys can get up. You can use tables. You can use bodies, okay? And everybody, everybody has to be involved, okay? Okay? So the only rule here is uh, they have to have a clear path, okay? They can step over objects if it's low. Don't make them climb over anything, but they have to have a clear path. Like when I mean step over objects, it's like step over a bag, not step, you know, over a table, Okay. <laughs> So they have to have a clear object through through the tables, through bodies. You can position yourself so you're like like a, you know, like this or whatever. But they have to have a clear thing and they're going to try and get through. So you guys you guys have uh 2 minutes to do that. Go. Staff, staff, come here real quick. So, real quick, JJ. So, right, right now, I want you guys to be observing who's <laughs> leadership.
2: Do
1: you guys got it? You ready? Okay, let me walk through it. Maybe I'll just make sure that it's okay. Okay, we got a pillow. Okay, great. We're going over here. Okay, we're going here. Is this what we're doing here? What are we doing? Are we going here, 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 like this? Okay, and underneath? Okay, great. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. you guys, you don't need to be like quiet. You can talk, you can do whatever. Like, you don't need to be like silent. You can say good job or whatever. Okay? Okay. You guys ready? Good job, girls. Good job. High five. Good job. Awesome. That was amazing. Okay, everybody get the tables back real quick. You just ducked over, ducked under arms, yeah. Good job. Good leading. Good leading. All right. Um, we're going to take a break now. And um, when we come back from the break, we're going to have a discussion time because there is a lot to learn about this uh, this exercise, okay? I um, secretly pulled the staff together, and, and we were making observations the entire time. Um, so we have some really uh, profound observations about... Uh, about how you guys worked as a team in the classroom. Because there were some natural leaders. There were some people who decided, I'm just going to do my own thing. There were some people who were passive and kind of in the corner, like, I'm just going to wait. And there were some comments, like, whatever's good for you. I'm just fine, whatever. And none of those are bad. None of those are bad. It's just observations to help us understand ourselves a little bit better in leadership, OK? Again, this exercise is not good and bad. This exercise is just ob- observating observing okay okay so uh let's take a 15 minute break and then after the break we're going to come and have a discussion and see what we learned okay good job again girls you guys did awesome you guys did really good good job
3: Gather round, students. Hear, hear me! Hear me! Hear me. <laughs> Not quite. Is everybody here? Is this? This is everybody, right? Sweet. Well, um, let's see. Um, today Santi's team is practicing in here one to th- one to two. Um there's a the campus leadership meeting in here. Excuse me. well uh the the campus leadership team is going to be in here from three to five, so let's make sure we're gone. Um, and uh, me and Minji's team are meeting at two to three today because we play in DBS tomorrow so. So, I, oh, by the way, we, we rotate, we rotate things, so, so, we so. today, yeah. what, wait, wha- no, we meet at two to three, two to three in here, us, what, what, you just erased it, just kidding, that's Samuel's team, Samuel's team meets from two to three in here, <laughs> And then our team is meeting six thirty to eight. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. We can. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, yours says two to three. Santi's is at one to two. Yes. Yours is at one to two. Yeah, yes. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> um
4: Yes. Uh, do you guys like a reminder, like I remember something from Friday. Uh Friday what is it? One to three? One to three? <laughs> the inter intercession one to three. Um just go there and be there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's like not be there, just in the prayer room, but be there. Like there were some people lobsters and and uh, doing other things. Like it's stairs? no no freedom. No freedom, <laughs> freedom no in this place. freedom. <laughs> no freedom, freedom, <laughs> <There's> freedom. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be there. You have to be down there. Cause like cause. Well, mainly because all of you, the, all of the people that are uh, up there, they're just not engaging or they're distracted. And part of being there is be praying, be interceding, be part of what's going on. And and it's not just be there, like, I don't know, stealing God's presence. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> Why is it important to be there? Why? <laughs> 'Cause it's part of what we do. It's it's intercession is prayer is uh it's part of the curriculum, it's not it's a value. <laughs> it's a value. <laughs> I mean we're like it's it's a value, why one value worship and intercession. And uh, <laughs> uh value number thirteen <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, just be aware. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, just be, be just be aware of that, like, what we're doing there. We're not just like, like we're actually changing nations, and we're like, prayer is actually happening, and like, you know, so be part of it. It's cool. Yeah. History. Yeah. (laughs) And also, Minister Night will be there on time. All of these things are just part of the school. It's part of the schedule. You have to be there. Hi.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Yep. So, yeah. Fridays, 1 to 3, please come on time, and then Wednesdays, 6.30, those are all actual class times. Yes? Can we be there, if we want, on Monday ministry night, but then the Wednesday ministry No, because our Wednesday is our class time. Like, it's actual class time. So, yeah. We just get to partner with other schools during that class time, but it's it's our <laughs> class Monday is optional. You can go Monday if you want, and you can go Wednesday too, but Wednesday and Friday are our class times. Yes, I will hand it back to Daniel. Thank you. Mahalo.
1: Okay. Yeah. Good job, Santi. Good job. The reason I ask you why all the time is it's important. We We need to know why. Class needs to know why. Why is it important to be at, to be present? And, and there's, Santi's right. Uh, uh, one of the reasons is, uh, is it's part of class, and it's mandatory, and, and that should be okay, or that should be enough, <laughs> that it is required of your school to be there. But um, if, that, if that's not enough, then, then it goes into values. And we value worship and intercession. And we believe that worship and intercession and standing in the gap for nations or people groups or whatever we're praying for on Wednesdays is a value. And we want that value instilled in you in in the class, okay, as students. And because we, we believe that literally we're changing things through our intercession and through our prayer. We're not intercession our b- our belief in YWM is that intercession is not just to change ourselves. Intercession shifts heaven, shifts earth and actually changes things. So there's actual there's actual change happening when we intercede and when we stand in the gap and when we stand and we s- get out of our own selfishness and look to the needs of others in prayer and intercession, okay? So um it's a, it's a value that we hold really dear, and um, I'm telling you out of my experience, the shift of the campus, the whole spiritual atmosphere of this entire campus shifted when we put a greater focus on intercession and worship and prayer. So, yeah, David, you had your hand up. And check this out. This is cool. So I was giving a tour. Uh, do you remember the? This is so crazy. It was it was it was a bizarre week last week of like prophetic like, what? Anyway, uh, Derek showed a picture of a guy who did rings, and he did my ring. Well, it just so happened that, he, you know, he passed away a few years ago. His wife and his teenage son actually flew in on, it was a Friday. Oh, no, it was a Wednesday because it was the prayer set for the, yeah, it was a Wednesday. And she called me and said, hey, could you give my teenage son a tour of the campus because he's thinking about doing YWAM, but he's, he's not walking with the Lord right now. He's into drugs and he's blah, 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 you know, and he's still really hurt by his father passing away. So Derek is like talking about this guy who did my wedding rings, and then that same week, the mom actually calls and wants me to give the teenage son who's struggling um, with a lot of the same things I was struggling with in high school, um, uh, uh, wants to do a tour of the campus. And then I said, okay, well, we got to start is the prayer room, okay, because that's, that's, I, I fought for so many years for this prayer room. This is like, I love it. I'm not there as much as I want to be, but... I have I have history there, so we, we walk into the prayer room and right when we walk into the prayer room, um, it was uh, who was talking Shay Connell yeah Shay Con- she- Connell was speaking, and he's like we're gonna pray for the high schools and like right we walk in the door we're gonna pray for high school students and high schools and and I turned to him and I was like pretty weird huh you know, <laughs> and the kid's eyes was like this big like just like huge and. And so then we walked out, and I said, yeah, that's pretty much what happens here. Yeah, like like God just does things, and it's just bizarre. And who would have known that you would have been walking right in when we we're praying for high school students, and the reason why you're here is you are a high school student thinking about going to do a DTS. And, and I started to kind of open his eyes of like, come on, God's with you, man. God, God's here. And then, and then he just started opening up, and he's like, just super honest he's like yeah i just you know i'm super hurt you know i don't um i'm so angry at god because he took my dad away and and uh you know and 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 that's why i do drugs is because i'm angry it's not it's not because i'm like rebellious i i love my mom but i do drugs because i'm just super pissed at god you know And, and the kid was like so open like even in front of his mom you know and then and he's like, yeah, and I need, I know I need to do a DTS just to kind of get my life back, but but I think I need to do it like, on the other side of the planet to get away from my friends who are dragging me down, you know, yeah. and uh, and I was like, you know what, that's really funny because the the way that I decided to do my DTS was I got a globe, and I found Hawaii and I went, whoop, and I found the farthest place away from Hawaii was South Africa. And I decided to do my DTS in South Africa because I, I knew I needed to get a fa- as far away from my old life to start a new life, and um, and so I just really encouraged him, and we had a really good prayer time with him, and anyways, so goes it goes with the value of worship and intercession and our the value that we have for our Wednesday times. The reason why we're not upstairs is just a practical thing of like I know when I'm upstairs, I want to do my emails and journal and. I want to spend my personal time with the Lord, so, which is great. I, I love to go to the prayer room and spend personal time with the Lord, but the one to three sets are not your personal time with the Lord. They're a corporate. We're corporately engaging in intercession for a specific topic, and we need to be all there together. So when we're up at the top, it's just naturally just to help you guys out. It makes you want to go personal rather than corporate awesome. Okay? Pull out your notebooks. Do you guys have notebooks or pull pull them out? Okay. And we're going to take five minutes. And your next exercise is in the context of that leadership exercise that we just did. I want you to think. And I want you in five minutes, I want you to write down leadership principles that you've observed and skills that were needed in order for that exercise to be accomplished okay that would include ob- observations made about me okay so how did i communicate did i communicate properly was there confusion how did i communicate in a way that didn't cause confusion how did i communicate throughout to make sure that you know like you guys got kind of wild for a second, you know, and she couldn't hear, so I kind of, oh, you guys, maybe bring it down just a little bit, you know, but still didn't want the excitement of the class to drop, so how do you communicate, keep the excitement of the class, but still allow her to hear, okay, so make very specific, they can be about me, they could be about your interaction with people, if you were in the class, you know, like, um, you know, uh, We needed to learn communication, humility, maybe, because I just want you to write down as many leadership observations as you can, okay? I think it's pretty simple. Many leadership observations and skills needed in order to uh, accomplish this, okay? Like working together as a team would be one, but then go more specific in that, okay? So I just want you to think, make observations, in the context of leadership, okay? So we're going to take five minutes, we're going to do that, um, ready, set, go. One language that they're sharing within the midst of the distraction, so that was a good observation. Um, kind of going with like what we were just saying but
2: like just noticing that like everybody has their own ideas and they kind of just end up merging together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's kind of like we all ha- like
0: end up jumping in in our own parts with our own ideas <coughs> merging them together in smaller pieces and then it merged
1: together as a whole yeah kind of like mm-hmm Sorry go for it um. <laughs> whatever yeah Good. One leadership thing that I observed after asking a question, though, is I said, "Who started the craziness with everybody yelling?" At you know, like, because I didn't say, I didn't say, "Oh, I want you to distract them when they come in the class." That was not something I said. That was something that kind of happened. So <laughs> apparently, David Jackson was the instigator. We can trace it back to him. Um, which, which I, you know, I we're laughing, and it's a kind of a. It could seem like a negative, but. Uh, it's, I want to uh, I want to make the observation that that was something positive that he contributed to the group, out of who he w- is. Okay, so if there was no David Jackson in the room, maybe you know, like your comment, maybe it would have been boring, because David didn't make it crazy, and and that's kind of his gifting, and that's who he is as a person, and he felt he felt the freedom in that exercise to be himself, and it it kind of it kind of it led he that's leadership. See, he, he was just himself, and it translated to the whole team, okay? Now, then I had to use my leadership and kind of like, okay, guys, bring it down. <laughs> so, there was some tempering, but, but I just want to make that observation that just by being yourself, a lot of times, you're leading, and you can influence an entire group, okay? So, uh, any other observations? David. noticed that too you were in the middle and you were like making sure like oh i can walk through this so there, uh, there always has to be somebody who's going to make sure that it happens and she yeah. was the one that made sure she stepped up was like oh i'm going to make this happen and and kind of was the you guys just guide me you know i'm in the middle <laughs> oh, you know and then everybody was kind of able to work around that you were in the middle there you know Stack. yeah <laughs> so yeah jj
2: Ha, ha, ha.
3: Oh yeah, sweet. And then they did the work part of it, oh. kind of things. Like they were quick to serve uh-huh. in moving things or doing this or that
1: or that or that. Good. Good husbands. Yeah. <laughs> Akita, what, what were you thinking during that exercise? Wh- is that an act? Is David Jackson's observation an accurate description of what was going on in your mind at the time? Steven, is that inaccurate?
2: What was going on in your mind? For me, I like helping people. I love doing that. Yeah, like I can listen to
1: people, like and do stuff. In that in that exercise, um, was there anybody who really stuck out as like somebody who took charge of making the maze? You have a smile on your face? I just felt really bossy. I'm like, this <laughs> Okay, you're smiling because it was like, it's me. No. I have experience doing that, so I'm like, I don't know what to do. Okay. Okay. Good. Kyo? Mm hmm. Yeah. That was very good foresight. Very good thinking ahead. Yeah. Good. Good foresight on the crawling in between the legs. Good. Because I probably would have gone, "Hey, maybe don't crawl between the legs." Yeah. It's good. Uh, I want to make an observation, but this is not a negative or positive. It might sound like a negative, but it's not. It's just an observation. But I noticed, Jeannie, you, in the beginning, she, again, not not negative or positive, but you just you just put your foot up like this, and you're like, you guys can do whatever you want, but I'm staying here. <laughs> right? It's totally what she did. And and then everybody was like kind of around her and she's like no this is I'm making my bridge. This is my thing. Or whatever I am. I'm sitting here. You guys make the thing around me. And then and then at some point somebody somebody I don't know who it was. Okay, Bossy over here comes over and and says uh, and says no, you need to move. <laughs> she moves your foot. <laughs> moves your yeah, moves your foot and you're like, "What? You just moved my foot." Like Oh, we're gonna go. No, it wasn't that way. So so <laughs> my wife my me and my wife are very different. My m- like I'm gonna make an observation. This is not it's not bad. It's
0: just very, very Korean
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um but uh like, me and my wife are very different. My wife loves team sports, okay? So she played, like, soccer, and, like, um, she loves to do team sports. I'm like an individual. I love surfing, okay, which is an individual sport. I played tennis, which is an individual sport. I uh, I love to skateboard. It's an individual sport, okay? Sometimes we're wired to, to like, that's why I'm saying it's not a bad thing. Some Some of us are wired where it's just, like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm confident that I'm helping the team by s- staying here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have been like, yeah, oh, here we go. I'm, I got my feet up. I'm staying here. You guys do whatever you want. I'm helping, okay? Sometimes sometimes that can be really good. Sometimes that individual individualism, I guess you want to call it, can be very beneficial in certain circumstances. What personalities like myself and maybe yourself need to learn is sometimes that's not always the best, is sometimes you need to stand up and work with the team. And um, so, uh, again, my observation is not negative or positive. It's just an observation on personality styles in the same way that maybe you thought you were being bossy, but nobody else in the room thought that, you know. Um, And... uh, Uh, yeah, so there's a hundred things we can observe from this simple exercise, okay? And, uh, but the one thing, one thing I want you guys to get, this was mine, right? Yeah, okay, good. Mm. There was a few things, major things, that needed to happen in order for this exercise to uh, be a success, okay? Uh, First of all, I want to ask you, what made the exercise a success? It's very simple. not a trick question. Participation from everybody, okay? Because that was a, a very clear uh, communication. And then even more simpler than that, she just had to sit on the chair, right? That was this is the point of the exercise. She had to sit on the chair safely, okay? So, So in order for this exercise to truly work, there had to be a goal, okay? Leaders always communicate what the goal is, okay? Leaders always communicate how somebody can succeed, okay? A good leader doesn't have an ominous communication of, like ominous meaning a vague or unclear expectation on their followers. Leaders Good leaders, all there's always a clear, um, a clear understanding of what makes a project, or a worship time, or a band practice, a, a a success. Okay, so for instance, within the context of a band, you don't just go into a band practice and you say, "We're just going to practice songs." A good leader will have the three songs you're going to practice. Will have the parts that need to be accomplished in order for ma- to make that practice time a success, and also, why are we practicing? What's the reason for the practice time? Is there an event coming up? Is it a is it the song share that we're having for the at the uh, Banyan Tree Cafe? Is it, um, you know. W- what is the goal? A leader always communicates clearly the goal of what will make a project a success, okay? Um, and you have to have foresight in order to see that. So foresight, I keep saying that word foresight. You guys know what I mean by that? Foresight is thinking into the future, okay? So, and it's anticipation of the future. So my example to you that I used in this discussion was I anticipated that the girls were going to need an extra word for duck <laughs> because I realized in my communication, I did not communicate that they need a word for duck. So in order for them to be a success in, in sitting on the chair, I need to have foresight and I need to walk outside and tell them, hey, guys, you need a word for duck because that was not in the plan, Okay. Sometimes a leader has to uh, be creative in his communication as well. Okay? So, this is a really good exercise um, on practical leadership. And uh, now we're going to get into um, a PowerPoint. Yay! Okay. Do you guys have any other questions with this? Was this good? Was it helpful? I'm kind of setting a stage for leadership. Okay, um, these principles that I'm sharing with you—they are y- these are principles you're going to learn. You're going to need to use every day. I don't care if you're on a stage or you're in class or you're doing an announcements. Staff, you guys should be listening as well. Like the principles I'm teaching you are principles for how you do announcements. Like that's why I asked you, um, uh, Santi, about why. And you're like, why do they need to be there? Because one of the reasons is, yes, it's part of the curriculum. That's a good reason, but it's maybe not the best reason. The best reason why we're there is because of value systems, okay? And then we need to communicate clearly the value systems so that we understand as a class where we're going, okay? Um, And all of you will probably have to do announcements or an introduction at some point in your life, uh, whether it be introducing a friend to a friend okay one-on-one or introducing a speaker to a class it's the same principles exist across the board in leadership okay all right so we're going to get into this what is leadership please work in the name of jesus And we need to talk about broad leadership before we can talk about worship leadership. Does that make sense? Because the principles are the same. When you stand on a stage or when you're in the DTS, you need to use these same principles when you're in front of that DTS, okay? Um, By the way, I'm just going to give a little exhortation here. When you guys go to DTS, I'm sure staff have told you this, but please take it super serious. Like when you go lead worship for DTSs or whatever. Like I've had to give this exhortation before, where um, students, like maybe a, a class asked them to provide powerpoints or whatever, and then they're like, "Oh, I didn't just didn't get to it," you know. And then I'd have to like rebuke the <laughs> team and like, you guys. You're going there to serve. This is not. This this is not just you to have fun playing your guitar in the class. You're going there to serve this classroom. You need to serve them in the way they want to be served. Okay. Um, again, I haven't heard anything negative about you guys, so um, don't don't get me wrong. You guys are doing good, but I do want to give a little bit of a fear of the Lord on you. Whenever you're leading worship, you you are. You're standing in the gap in, in, a, in a real way of ushering people in into the very presence of God. And if you come with a kind of flippant attitude of like, oh, I'm here again, I'm leading worship again, this is part of my curriculum. It, 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 it's really not honoring to the, classes, to the class and it's not loving, it's not servant-hearted to the class that you're leading for. So please, come prepared. Come, like, with the word of the Lord. Be prayed up. Like, this is what God spoke to me about your class. You guys are amazing. Let's worship Jesus. Come with these leadership principles of foresight to to see, okay, this worship time is going to look like this. By the end of this leading worship for this DTS class, success will look like this. Okay? So you need to ask yourself yourself. Before you go into the classroom, what does success look like in that classroom? I want them, or the Holy Spirit wants them to experience his love. Something like that. So then when you can, when you leave the DTS, you can ask yourself, did they experience the love of God? Right? Because that was the measure of success for that particular worship time. So you need to ask yourself before you lead worship for Ohana Court or before you lead worship for a DTS or before you lead worship for your church, what is your measure of success? What is the word of the Lord for that specific worship time? Whenever I lead worship, I'm always asking the Lord, what do you want to communicate for this particular worship time, for this particular group of students, you know? And I take it really seriously because, because I, I feel like we're... Our lives are really changed in that place of worship, okay? So, good? Is that a good exhortation? Okay? Have fun, but take it serious. I mean, I I, th- I think, I feel like I have the best job in the whole world. I get to sing and, like, teach and, I mean, guys, this is, like, the best. It really is. Um, okay, what is leader? Who is a leader? Okay? Two misunderstandings. Of leadership. And uh, I talked a little bit about this earlier. Two misunderstandings of leaders leadership. Uh, Leadership equals management. Okay. That's a misunderstanding, or leadership equals ministry. Okay. So we're gonna talk a little bit about management. Management is the steward stewardship of resources, it's making an organization run efficiently. Information, logistics, people, and systems. Measures of performance. It initiates corrective action when needed. Okay. Um, management is the management is the the day to day how to manage the resources that you have. Okay. Uh, Management is, okay, um, is the classroom clean? Uh, Okay, we need to vacuum the floor. That's management, okay? Leadership is foresight, looking into the future. How can we set up systems and protocols in order to keep the classroom clean because we have a value for cleanliness, okay? You have foresight with leadership. Management is really adjusting to the day-to-day, hour-by-hour circumstances and making the operation run, okay? I used to get freaked out by management. Remember I I told you I had a misunderstanding of leadership that I thought I had to be a really good manager? Management usually works with the details, okay? Management is essential but not necessary for leadership. Most of management is reactions to situations that arise in the present, okay? Management is, like, really, really needed. We need managers to, to make sure that the visionaries are on course. Does that make sense? A lot of you maybe have... Um, my wife is this way. My wife is much more of a manager. She, she actually loves... I, n- I never understood this because you don't really understand people who are different than you at first. But she would love it when I would have an idea and I'd say, honey, can you help me accomplish this idea? she yeah. I would love to do that. I'll put all the details together for this creative idea you have. You do? Why would you want to do that? You know, because in my leadership mind, I don't want to touch the details. I'm like... The details freak me out, but I do have this really crazy, cool vision that could uh, be accomplished and the cool, crazy visions, foresight into the future of what we need, I get really excited about because I'm naturally um, wired as a visionary leader, okay? It's not, a visionary leader is not better or worse, it's, we just have to make a distinction between the two, okay? Because a lot of times we get confused, you know, okay? Okay? Um, leadership does not equal ministry. Leaders are not always the most talented or gifted. Yeah. You can be a leader and not be the craziest, the best musician in the the room. Okay? In fact, a lot of really crazy musicians are not really good leaders. They're just crazy musicians. A leader is has foresight of where they want to go, and people start to actually follow, okay? A true leader is not threatened by talent. So just because I lead the School of Worship program, but JJ and David Jackson are a way better musician than I am, I'm not threatened by their, by their musicianship. What I do is I, I lift up their giftings, and I call them forth, and I say, we need you even more. JJ, we need your giftings in musicianship. We need your giftings in musicianship and leadership, and we, we need you to rise up. And as the people that are under you rise up, you get to run deeper into foresight and vision, okay? Um, doesn't need to be the best preacher or teacher, worship leader. Um, I read this book one time about Count Zin- Zinzendorf, and uh, Count Zinzendorf was the um, leader of the Moravian movement. Do you guys know the Moravian movement? Um, it was a, a prayer and worship movement in um, a few hundred years ago, and and in Germany, and they did day and night prayer for a hundred years. Isn't that crazy? And they and they they. They link a lot of the revivals um, in, in the UK and across Europe to this 100-year prayer revival, basically a prayer meeting that lasted 100 years, okay? And, um, but they also sent out crazy mu- um, missionaries. The Moravian missionaries were the missionaries who would sell themselves into slavery to go reach the slaves with the gospel, so they were hardcore missionaries like we are sissies compared to the Moravians, okay? We're just like, "Uh, oh, my food's cold." Hmm. <laughs> you know, like I had to wait five I had to wait 5 minutes in line for my lunch today. Boo. Like these guys are like selling themselves into slavery to reach the slaves. There is a there's a count there's a story of a few young missionary men who um, the Moravians as well, they would, they would build a boat and then they would jump in the boat with no sails and then they would say, God, wherever the wind blows, that's where we're to go share the gospel. <laughs> so they would jump in a boat, wherever the wind would blow, they would land on that shore and then they would go preach the gospel to wherever the wind blew, blew them, okay? Yeah. Oh, you were there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so Count Zinzendorf was the leader of this movement, okay? But there I read this book and it was really kind of cool. Uh there was this old man and they don't even know his name in in the book I read, they they don't even know who the old man's name is. But he was said he he was a potter and 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 it was said that he um he was a way better preacher than Count Zinzendorf. In fact, people would People would, uh, if the potter was in the room and Count Zindendorf was preaching, then they would say, no, 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 we want him to preach. We want him to preach. So because he was this really dynamic personality, okay? We don't know his name. We know Count Zinzendorf because he was more of the uh, visionary leader of the movement. But this potter apparently from history was the dynamic, crazy speaker that everybody wanted to listen to. So just because you are the most talented doesn't mean that you're the leader, okay? And uh, another thing is Count Zinzendorf, there's no, there's no account of him ever being jealous of this relationship. There was no account of him being like, oh, like pushing that this guy away so that he can be the preacher. He knew his role and he knew that this potter was a way better preacher than him, so he would lift him up give him the stage a lot more to preach and to teach and to push the movement forward, okay? Because Count Zinzendorf knew the goal, okay? The goal was evangel- evangelization of the world. The goal was this prayer movement, okay? And so, however, whoever was going to help in that goal, he pushed them forward, okay? Leaders Le- good leaders are never jealous of the people that are around them. They use the people around them to reach the goal, okay? So, um, and when I m- mean use, I don't mean use in a negative way. I mean use in a positive way. You know, we all want to be used for God's kingdom, right? You know, not, I think used has had bad bad rap. Okay, so what is it? Certain characteristics that leaders possess, okay? Leaders are goal-oriented, Leaders understand where we need to be going. Okay. Um, I'm naturally wired as a leader, and so my brain just automatically knows we need to go this way. But I, ha- I, I have understood over the le- over the years that not everybody's wired that way, <laughs> and and that's okay, that's okay. But a leader is goal oriented. It, it's this is at the end of this school you need to know this, okay? Or at the end of this worship time, we need to get to this place, okay? Foresight. Leaders' interest is in what is to come, not what is in the past, okay? Um, I'm, I'm a natural, I have natural leadership tendencies, and we have a phrase in our family that we never look behind. We always look forward um, that's just kind of comes naturally to me. I hate looking back in the past for some reason. I just It just bothers me because I'm like, I just want to move forward. In fact, in my language with the Lord, in my prayer times, I never use the words, God, I just want to get back to that place where I was. My language, even in my prayer times, is always forward. God, I want to be at a place where I can be this person, Okay it's forward thinking into the future leaders leaders very rarely look back they'll learn from their mistakes they'll look back really only really short so that they can learn from the past and move into the future okay you ever been around somebody who just always dwells in the past it's oh it's just there were some sometimes hardest people to be around you know it's like have you not moved forward um What was that movie? Napoleon Dynamite? Where the brother and he's the football guy? The uncle. The uncle uncle and he was like stuck in his glory days as a high school football player, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Leaders are always on the way somewhere. They're reaching out for things that are in front of them, okay? John 10, 4 says, When he was brought out, um, all on his own. He goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So leaders, le- leaders are moving forward and uh, there's one simple way to know you're a leader or not and that's uh, look behind you and if you have followers, then that means you're a leader. <laughs> so um, uh, there's some personalities who think they're leaders but then when they look behind them, there's actually nobody following them. It's just themselves. Um, I've f- it Leadership has nothing to do with your personality. It has nothing to do with who is the loudest in the room or who is the most quiet in the room. It has nothing to do with uh, natural yeah, personality tendencies. It, it has nothing to do with if you're an introvert or an extrovert. It has nothing to do with... If you're smart or if you're not or anywhere in between or if you're creative or you're not creative or you don't see yourself as creative, leadership doesn't have anything to do with that. In fact, I was just reading this book recently by a guy named Malcolm Gladwell. Do you guys know who he is? Uh, He does a bunch of TED Talks. He's got a big fro and uh, he wrote a book called Tipping Point. He wrote a book... um, Anyways, you guys should look up Malcolm Gladwell. He's brilliant. He um, speaks at Harvard all the time. He's Do you guys know TED Talks? OK, I love TED Talk. Look up Malcolm Gladwell on TED, and it's just blow your brains out. He's so good. He talks on spaghetti for like 20 minutes, and it just changes your life. <laughs> Literally, he talks about spaghetti, how the spaghetti sauce was made. And, and you're like, whoa. Changed my life. Um, So Malcolm Gladwell Gladwell wrote a book recently, and it's called David and Goliath. So he picks apart this story about David and Goliath, and he says that, he says, actually, you need to see your weaknesses as strengths. And he uses the story about David and Goliath, and he says, he says, you know, we always paint the picture of David and Goliath as, you know, it was the power of God who, you know, filled David with his strength, and then he was able to slaughter. And it's this big miracle story. And um, Malcolm is a believer, but he has a different take on the on the David and Goliath story. He says, he says it it had not a lot to do actually with a miracle of God. He says it was just David's leadership foresight. And, um, and he he paints this amazing picture about how, uh, Goliath is this. You know, some say nine foot tall. You know, behemoth structure, and he's carrying all these huge. His 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 spear. Uh, the head of his spear, I think, was like nine pounds or something. Just the head of the spear, you know. Um, and uh, anyways, he has this whole theory about how he thinks Goliath has this. Special pituitary gland um, uh, condition, which causes him to grow really tall, and then he says, uh, "It's the same." Andre the Giant had the same pituitary gland uh, thing, which he was like tallest man in the world for a while. But this pituitary gland disorder actually causes you to see double vision a lot of time as well. And so, if you notice in the story, Goliath says, "Are are you to come at me with sticks?" and stones like a dog or something. And he and in the Hebrew, the word he uses for sticks is plural. But we know that David only carried one staff. And so Malcolm is theorizing that he had this pituitary gland disorder. So he was seeing double. And that's why he thought he had two sticks in his hand, as well as Goliath keeps calling him forward. Come to me, come to me, come to me. Three times Goliath in the story says, come to me because he thinks he had bad vision, and so he couldn't see him. Um, and so, But David stands far off from him, because he's not going to fight the battle that Goliath wants to fight. David is going to fight his own battle, which he has his sling. And they did a, he did a study. Uh, they had an, a guy from Israel who had a sling, and he th- that was um, uh, fashioned after what a sling would have been like in David's time. And he threw it at a at a board, and the board measured the um, the force, the pressure of the rock, and they they estimated that the pressure of a rock uh, no they didn't estimate it, they measured it was about the pressure of a, a magnum forty five being shot at the at the wall, okay so Malcolm is saying he didn't just throw a rock at the guy and the power of God grabs the rock and slams it into his head. No, David was, he understood the power of his, of his weapon and he understood he was not going to defeat Goliath on his own terms. He was going to defeat Goliath by staying a distance away because he knew he had bad vision and he was going to throw the rock from a distance so that he could defeat the enemy. Um, anyways, it's this brilliant book about how our weaknesses can actually be our strengths, and when we when we use our weaknesses and are creative with our weaknesses, we can see victory against b- huge giants. Okay, so um, let me finish my sentence real quick, and then so um, the book goes on to say talk about dyslexics. And this really interested me because I'm dyslexic. And he found that there's a real disproportionate number of major billionaire CEOs that actually grew up with dyslexia. And, and they found, they found that the reason why is because all throughout schooling, their dyslexic brains have to, in order to read we actually have to use a different part of our brain to read. So all growing up, your brain is working twice as hard all the time, just doing creative thinking all all the time. And so all of the creative connections within a dyslexic's brain are just firing all the time. So then when you get to adulthood, that creative part of your brain is really, really, really um, strong. And so all these major CEOs for these companies are real creative in their thinking, so they'll they'll do business procedures that are very unusual, but have super high outcome percentages of income into their into their businesses because they've learned their how to practice their creative functions. Um, so leaders, my point in all this is leaders. You don't always have to be the most like. It doesn't matter about your social status or your personality, are you loud, are you quiet? Are you creative? Are you if you have followers, you're a leader, okay? And leaders have foresight. That is the one thing that connects all leadership together is looking into the future and preparing for what's in the future. You had a question? No, I like just thought about the, the angle of the story with David because I can see that yeah you can see
0: that he was weaker in himself mm-hmm. as a person. But yeah that's what sort it of talks about him actually using strength more than his weakness because mm-hmm. he knew that his strength wasn't his weapon. Mm-hmm. And, he did that way. Mm-hmm.
1: and so I believe more in a strength based leadership than uh, trying to make your weakness into your strength. All mm-hmm. Because yes, he was weaker in his physical body, but he knew what his strength was. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I agree. Um, My, my story is more of the expectation of the day would be to confront Goliath on his terms. And so David used his strength of being the weaker person to be creative to throw the. And he used his strength of what he knew. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. Foresight. The one thing that connects all leaders is foresight, not personality, not how loud you are, not how quiet you are, not intellect, okay, foresight, vision, it's the ability to deal with the future, okay, your biblical examples for leadership, I want you to think, think about all these stories, okay, Moses, what was, what was the foresight of Moses, shout it out, what was the goal of his life? Slaves out of promised land. Right. Good. Okay. Joshua. Conquer the land. Okay. These are all foresight. This is into the future. God has a promise, and I'm looking at that promise into the future. I'm going into the future. Okay. Sam, Samuel. Uh, okay. I'll have to fix that later. Samuel. Yeah. Good. Picking out a king of Israel. That's probably the most obvious one. David, the foresight. He had the foresight of that whole story about God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Right. That was extreme foresight to look into the future to say, no, God doesn't look at human appearance. God looks at the heart. Okay. so Samuel used foresight in leadership to look ahead. Uh, David. Well, David's whole life is a foreshadowing of the Messiah, so that's one. Okay. Establish the temple. There you go. That's kind of our one thing that we remember David as foresight, a vision. This was the goal: establishing the temple. Okay, good. Nehemiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. He wasn't only thinking about his kingdom. He was thinking about the future kingdoms of Israel. That's right. That's exactly right. Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. The wall. Jerusalem. Good. Okay. So it's the ability to intuitively know what an outcome will be. Foresight. Foresight. This is really important when, with worship leading because when you stand on a stage, you have, to, you have to sort of picture, okay, when I sing this song, what is the response going to be? Sim- the simplest way to look at this would be, I'm going to sing a fast song, and then that talks about the glory of God and the kingdom of God and how powerful we are. And then, oh, but I really like this song, the really slow song in 6-8 timing in a minor key. Uh, and and then, you have to have foresight to know that maybe those two songs won't be a good match back to back. You know what I mean? That's foresight. That's looking into the future, anticipating um, outcomes. Okay. Intuition is another way. Is another word we use for anticipating outcomes. Okay. Leaders are not more important or more valuable. It's just important to distinguish the traits that most leaders possess. So again, what I want you guys to understand on this first day of leadership is just basic principles of leadership. And what we've what we know is that leadership doesn't have to do with your personality, how quiet, how you know, reserved or whatever however God has made you. The one thing that connects leadership, though, is foresight. It's looking into the future and moving ahead, okay? Now, it involves management. Good leaders will surround themselves with good managers, which will help move the goal forward or move whoever's following you forward into the goal, okay? Um, But... We're not talking about value value here. We're talking about just making a distinction so that we can understand what leadership is. Tomorrow, we're going to get into more practicals of how do we use these principles that we just learned today on when we're leading worship more in the context of worship. And yeah, awesome. So let me say a quick prayer and then we will finish. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you are the greatest leader. You have prepared the way. And when I think about who you are as a leader, as a shepherd, I mean, everything in your words was always for the future, God. Everything in your words was always foresight. Even even to simple things, you said you would go to prepare a place for us. And I just want to thank you, Jesus, for your leadership, God. How you sacrificed yourself, how you gave yourself, you were the servant of all. Uh, we just love you in this place. Give us boldness to step into leadership, Jesus. The world needs more leaders, God. Amen. Thanks, guys.
3: Out of the room by three. Um, our group tonight, and yeah, that's, that's about that. Enjoy, enjoy your lunch.